nod. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't catch the silent nod that came through there. Uh, <sighs> hey guys, it's the Haunted Heart Podcast. I'm Katie. Kenny's here. Tell him about yourself, Kenny. God damn it. Why do you do this to me? I'm already ashamed. I, I tried opening up the show numerous times. I can't do it. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm a goddamn Leo. Like, I'm supposed to be, you know, like, extroverted and, like, all that. And, like, you know, I'm supposed to be that person. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't know that we have time to get into that today. Is that a special episode? I think it might be. That might be a Patreon exclusive. Just called What the Fuck is Wrong with Me today. <laughs> and we just update people on our lives. Well, what the fuck is wrong with you today, Katie? Why don't you tell us? Um, That's how we could open this show. Today. Actually, that's a good fucking idea. <laughs> What's wrong with you today? What's wrong with me today? Um, I have like a lymph node in my left hand like side of my fucking neck that is uh, like sore okay all right i'm i'm like i'm glad you do so that's what's no it's not good no it's it's like i don't know it's like swollen or something i don't know i've been dieting i think i think it's that i think it's they're, lack of they're carbs. aware <laughs> my lymph nodes are striking they're like we're done yeah i've been doing intermittent fasting and so that's fun you know this so it's weird to tell you about it because you like see it like on the daily mm-hmm. but um for everybody else out there, I've been doing intermittent fasting, and it's very exciting. Um, so I'll keep you posted on that. Here's hoping I don't trigger my eating disorder. Oh, God. <laughs> this I, time I'm, <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with me? And that's what's wrong with you today. What the fuck's wrong with you today? What the fuck is wrong with me today? What the fuck isn't Other wrong with me Other than not being today? able to open the fucking show. Uh, no, I... After I'm, all that shit you talked last week, too, you motherfucker. I know I did. I know I did. I'm just over here trying to give you what you need, and you over here trying to slam me for it. That's true. Uh, what's wrong with me today? Um, well, somebody at work told me that I looked very unhappy. Uh. So I think it might be because I'm getting ready to leave my 20s, uh, and I don't know how to process that. So I like how you don't say, I'm turning 30. You just say, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving my 20s. Yes, <laughs> you know? I am leaving my 20s. As though you reserve judgment on how you are leaving your 20s. <laughs> yeah. Like mm, Who knows? I looking. may go out with a bang. I always said that I would never make it to my 30s, so I've only got a couple weeks, bitch. It's about that time look you just need to sit down somewhere because i can't i can't put a fucking cat in front of your in front of your mic well well maybe when it comes to opening the show (laughs) it's actually the same it's literally the same put a cat in front of uh in front of uh the mic and ask it to tell you about your itself yeah and it just like bumps its head up against the fucking mic and that's it that's what you get so yeah Pretty much the same difference. Well, folks, it is about that fucking time. What time is that? Is there, are that they're like? Is it time for you to start? <laughs> is it time for it to be over? Um, <laughs> no, it's invocation time because we have another family member that we are welcoming, and we are oh so very excited mm-hmm. to welcome this family member. Yes, we are. Today, we are welcoming, and I'm going to talk a little bit about him before I light his candle because I got to keep him on his toes. Um, I can't <laughs> send him all this goodwill too quickly. So, we are welcoming Matt Stein to our Patreon family. Uh, some of you might potentially 
know Matt Stein, especially some of the people that we talked to at the Chicago True Crime Podcast Festival, because that's where we met his ass. Uh-huh. We did. Um, and he played it so cool. He, like, came up to our table, and we gave him this whole fucking spiel, and then he was like... A week later, he hit us with that email and was like, hey, I have a horror podcast, too. And, like, do you want to be on it? And we were like, the fuck? <laughs> we thought you were just this normal dude. And uh turns out you're one of us. One of us. So Matt hosts Podcast of Terror. Um, and we were actually on his episode from last week. So we're going to post that. Um, I know we mentioned it on the last episode. We're going to get the link up on the Facebook page um, so that you guys can listen to that. It's a three-hour romp. Uh, through the movie Us, um, but really kind of all around the movie Us. And we hit it a little, and then we kind of come back to it. It was fun shit. It's like really good sex. It's like really inventive, and we're kind of just going all around it. We hit it a couple times. We come back, ding that doorbell, oh, yeah. and then we kind of, you know, you gotta, get a little creative yeah. with it again. Yeah, we clap those cheeks a couple yeah. times. You trail know. on off. You know, it's fine. <laughs> um... Yeah, so we'll post that link for you guys uh, in the Facebook page, and we'll probably post it up on Patreon just to make it easier for the fucking posh-ass Patreon members uh, <laughs> who like, we love. The Facebook group. What? Oh, what is what? the Facebook what is group? That? I have a I don't know. I'm sitting here. <laughs> on Patreon. On, on Patreon. <laughs> anyway, so Matt actually um, is now a supporter of our show. So we are very thankful to him. And again, check out his podcast, Podcast of Terror. He uh, reviews horror films, talks about all sorts of like horror adjacent topics, and just really has fun with it. And we love yeah, Matt. It's He's really chill. And you can remember Matt Stein, like the beer, like Beer Stein. I was thinking like R.L. Stein, but. That too. Both are appropriate. True. So we're going to light a candle for our, our dear old buddy, Matt, all the way out in Wisconsin. And I was going to say, I know you're cold in Wisconsin right now, but it is summer. So I don't think he's cold <laughs> at all. No, but... Wisconsin's um, just perpetually cold he, to me, but... Well, I know you're drunk out there in Wisconsin. He, I was going to say, probably drunk. <laughs> that is prob- That's a given. But let the light of our candle guide you. In your drunken stupor. (laughs) All the way to bed. (laughs) So Matt is joining, officially joining our Stay Spooky Squad. Squad. And your candle is lit, my friend, just like you. (laughs) I can't, you know, I have to tease him. Um, so I'm really excited about our topic today. I am, I can go either way. Honestly, I don't really know. Um, so I was supposed to research for this topic, right? (laughs) I wasn't going to tell them that. No, I I mean, I'm just like full transparency here. Um, only transparency on this podcast. What the fuck was that? <laughs> sorry. That was Matt's candle. I was trying to set it next to my sparkling water and instead it hit it. I like to think it's because he's, you know. Drinking. Wanting me to strive better. <laughs> strive for more. Um, yeah, it's been on our cadence for a while. Uh, I knew it was coming. Didn't research <laughs> for it. <laughs> Uh, so ah. what this has turned into, uh, or should I say devolved? Maybe 
what had started out as a planned back and forth between two knowledgeable parties has now uh, turned into Katie uh, essentially... Telling you a story. It's story time, boys and girls. Telling me a story. Um, So, yeah, you're going to learn with the rest of the audience. It's really great. It's an effective podcast technique. So I've heard. Um, so, did you yeah, get so, that in your like how to fucking podcast podcast for dummies? I did book? at my podcast conference, my how to podcast conference, podcasting for dummies. Um, we attended that panel, <laughs> podcasting one oh one, and we were asleep. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm super excited about today's topic. Kenny's going to learn along with the rest of you. Although uh-huh. this is a topic that is not unheard of, it is not. Uh, little known by any means. Um, this is the story of Heaven's Gate, motherfuckers. It's our cult classic series. The first in our cult classic series. The first. Actually. Look at that. Yes. So Katie and I have uh, put on our uh, calendars to occasionally do a cult classic series where we dive into... A cult and tell you about it. Yes, because we know in, not the not the occult, but a cult. Yeah, we're always in we're in, we're always swimming in the occult. But yes, we're gonna you know specifically. I I know that a lot of people, myself included, are in the true crime genre are super interested in cults, cult mentalities, what gets people into cults, what are the stories behind um, a lot of the cults that we've maybe just heard rumors about online or read creepy posters about or whatever. Um, so we wanted to kind of dig into some of those, um, the first of which being Heaven's Gate, because it is my ultimate favorite and the cult that I would have joined. (laughs) So since this is the first in the series, should we kind of start it off before we get into the details of Heaven's Gate, what it is that you think makes people want to join a cult? Hmm. Why do we do, why, what lures people into such things? Um, I think it does differ slightly depending on the lore of the cult itself and the, the belief system that's inherent in the cult. Um, they are different. Um, Shinrikyo is different than Heaven's Gate is different than the Manson family is different than, you know, Jim Jones. Um, so I think... Differences aside, there are some universal truths that we can sort of pull out. As human beings, um, we all want to belong. Mm-hmm. You know, even the, even the people who are the most goth, who are the <laughs> most anti-society. with an E at the end. Yes, most with an E at the end, goth. Um, we all deep down want to belong to something that is bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of us, that may be the concept of goth. Um but it and it comes it actually is an evolutionary trait in us um that stems all the way back from when we were trying to fucking survive as cavemen you know if you belong to a tribe your chances of survival were a lot higher if you, you did not you probably were starving do you think that there were goth cavemen maybe like that they had like extra bones around their neck like spiky bones ribs stuff like that like did you think they existed? I mean, it sounds like an aesthetic. We could try to bring it back now. Goth paleo. Let's do it. 
live like our ancestors, I you love fuckers. It. That makes sense. Because, you know, they, like, in, there's, like, where they will love bomb people. So, like, a lot of the times when people have, like, really low self-esteems and, like, when they are getting into these cults and things like that, they're love-bombed, like, and they come in, they're like, oh, we love you, yeah, it makes you feel belonged. Yeah. Um, or a part of the group, or loved, especially, you know, for those people who, like I said, may have low self-esteem issues, different things like that. Um, it, it's sort of like, it starts the development of, like, that us versus, like, them mentality, I yeah. feel like. And... So it it just it it it's so weird for me because I don't understand like if if anyone tried to love bomb me like motherfucker bye I will fucking <laughs> like shrivel yeah, up that would and make, die. Yeah. Well, I think that um one of the traits of very successful and it'll be it'll be interesting as we kind of look at different um at different cults and kind of talk about them in depth, we can kind of like start drawing comparisons across different cults. But these leaders, one thing that a lot of them have in common is that they're very good at choosing targets. Mm. And they don't waste a lot of energy on people who are not going to be converts for them. You know, so if they start out with you and it's just not working out, they'll jump ship and move to somebody else. Because it's ultimately not really about you. It's just about growing numbers. Yeah. Right? Um, And so they're, I think that... Another reason um, that these cults end up growing and being successful is because the people who are in charge kind of know who to target. And kind of like we talked about in our Charlie Manson episode, um, because we did get into that a little bit, that he knew the type of woman to target. Um, He -hmm. knew the type of woman and, and kind of how to play that person and how to kind of drag them in and what they were looking for. So they're kind of looking for people who are who feel in some way incomplete or ostracized or what have you. Um, much like how we find listeners, actually. Yeah, um. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. <laughs> um, no, but... Uh, and some people may not even know that they're in. Yeah, course. I mean, and one of the things that I find so interesting about Nexus, which we talked about on one of our episodes way back um, when that story was first breaking. and Do now you think that been- was our first cult classic? Probably so. Wow. Um, that was the satanic um, satanic cults, and it was an episode on a bunch of stuff. Um, you covered, oh, what was that that you covered? Like the hell? Uh, hell I covered clubs the, um, hell clubs? yeah, yeah, what, the, what the fuck um, hellfire called? clubs. Yeah, hellfire clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were talking, um, that was back when the story on Nexus was just breaking, and now, you know, we learned so much more. Um, as people have been testifying and information has been coming out um, about how that cult functioned. Um, And what was interesting about that to me was that was a cult full of crazy successful people. I mean, these people were some of the, I mean, not the biggest names in entertainment. That's more like Scientology. But, like, you have people who are very successful, who are very wealthy, who have, you know, a high degree of career success and yet you know you have this situation where they're pulled into a cult so it's it's not just the lonely girl at the library who's pining of a life that she's you know a fabulous life that she's never been able to live it's also (laughs) successful people people who you would not expect to be in a cult who can get wrapped up in this mentality because there's something in them that's 
searching for a bigger meaning and in walks a cult leader who can give it to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that said, I'm very glad that I wasn't in a position to have joined Heaven's Gate in their heyday because I probably would have up to a point. And it's a very distinct point. I will tell you, this is the cult that I always tell people this is the cult that I would have been in up until a very distinct point, And we'll get there. You'll know it when we get there. All okay. right. Well, is it time for me to buckle in? It's time for you to buckle in, get your fucking tinfoil hat on. Let's go blow the dust off of us, off of it from the gang stalking uh-huh. episode. Yeah. Get it secured to your head because okay. we are blasting off. All right. I'm going to put my Nikes on too. Do it. Do it. Your decade. Decade. <laughs> uh, decade Nikes on. Black. Only black. <laughs> um, on March 26th, 1997 members of the San Diego County Sheriff's Department discovered the bodies of 39 people in a house in the San Diego suburb of Rancho Santa Fe. They had participated in a mass suicide, specifically a coordinated series of ritual suicides, in order to reach what they believed was an extraterrestrial spacecraft following the comet Haley Bob. Haley Bob? Haley Bob. Bob. Haley Bob Thornton. That was like <laughs> Haley Bob. Uh, no, Haley Bob. Bob. So the question is, how in the fuck did we get here? Right? Uh, well, I, I think that there are many questions. That would be one of them. Yes. How did we get here? Uh, what's going on? Like that song. So for most of the country, this was their first exposure to the cult. Uh, that would become known as Heaven's Gate. Um, I should say that would become infamous for being Heaven's Gate because it's not like they named the cult after they killed themselves. That's not how it worked out. No. Uh, Anywho, uh, Marshall Applewhite was the son of a former soldier-turned-Presbyterian minister who was born on May 17, 1931, in Spur, Texas. Now, if you've never heard of Spur, Texas... It's because it's a small-ass town. (laughs) And it kind of still is a small-ass town. The population was 1,318 people at the 2010 census. And that was actually up from 1,088 people at the 2000 census. Wow. Growing like a storm. That decade, they had a a growth spurt. Had about 250 people move in. Shit. What happened? Shit. I don't know. Maybe they opened a Walmart. They did. (laughs) Uh... Walmart's in Texas. (laughs) Hurts my heart right now. Can't can't go there. Um, So Marshall Applewhite struggled with something that a lot of folks have um, struggled with over time, needlessly and senselessly, that. But um, he was gay. Oh. He was gay. And he just could not. So depression. Basically. (laughs) He was gay, and he just could not accept this about himself. It was his central conflict as a character. Um, he he just could not ever. He just couldn't even. Yeah, he couldn't. He he just could not. And and I understand growing up in a small town in Texas. Like I get it. Well, especially in a place called Spur. Right, but we would see that. Like the bone. That would uh, yeah. Uh, we, 
that is kind of that conflict is going to drive him to do everything that he um that he does in his life like that's what's going to drive this whole story is that unresolved conflict of his sexuality um In 1970, he was fired from his job as a music teacher at the University of St. Thomas in Houston over an alleged relationship with one of his male students. Oh. Um, Now, he cited emotional turmoil as the reason for his separation from that job. (laughs) I wish I could just cite that for any. I mean, that's kind of me. Why do you need Kenny, Why do you need to leave work today? Emotional turmoil. Hundred <laughs> <Yeah>, percent. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna need to reschedule this meeting. Um, I'm just really going through some emotional turmoil. You put that as your fucking email like signature, like out of office. Yeah. Signature. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be Sorry. Uh, out of the office through the end of the week. Uh, Hi. Due to emotional turmoil. Hi, I'll be in emotional turmoil <laughs> for the rest of the week. If you have any emergencies, please contact Kenny. (laughs) Somebody else. Somebody the fuck else, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So shortly thereafter, in March of 1972, he would meet the woman that would change the course of not only his own life, but the lives of 39 of his most devoted disciples. Mm. Bonnie Nettles was a 44-year-old nurse with an interest in theosophy and biblical prophecy. Wait, Bonnie Nettles? Just your average girl next door. Bonnie Nettles. Bonnie Nettles. That sounds like a character out of a book. It does. It does not sound like a real person, right? No, not at all. Bonnie Nettles, yep. All right, Bonnie. So Bonnie has has this interest in biblical prophecy and... At the time that she met Applewhite, she had been happily married to Joseph um, Siegel Nettles, who was a businessman with whom she had four children. I don't know what kind of businessman Joseph was. For a split second, I thought you were going to say, I don't know what kind of children they had. I don't know what kind of children, like specifically. (laughs) No, um, I'm not really sure what. Joseph, I, I like to think he sold like vacuums or something cute like that. He's that in business. In That's setting. all you need to know. He, I, he's I'm, a I'm in business. When you do, business I, I, I manage business. <laughs> I handle business. <laughs> right? Because he was from Texas, too. Um, so, coincidentally, you know, she and Joseph have been happily married. Coincidentally, around 1972, their marriage had begun to fragment mostly because of that biblical prophecy fascination thing that I mentioned about Bonnie. Um, You see, Bonnie believed that a 19th century monk named Brother Francis frequently spoke with her and gave her instructions. And she also conducted seances with mediums in order to contact other deceased spirits. Um, She had a circle group held every Wednesday, kind of like this podcast. (laughs) So I can relate to that part. She had a podcast every Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's like the new version of circle group. Oh, God. (laughs) Just say circle group and it just makes me think of circle jerk. Maybe that too. People listen to this podcast for a lot of reasons. I'm kidding. (laughs) I hope I'm kidding. Please. I mean. Prove to me that I'm kidding. I mean. So Bonnie had her own circle group every Wednesday that was uh, actually held at her house where they would hold seances and try to contact deceased spirits and all that sort of good stuff. Um, She also studied astrology and the occult. 
Well, so, all right. So, first of all, she kind of seems like a down-ass bitch, though. Like, it, but... but it, so, it seems cool, but, like, you have she, to take into account, like, she's taking all of this shit dead-ass serious, and she's also, like, connected to that whole theosophy and biblical uh, prophecy world where she's, like, like, all of this is coming back to, like, hardcore, like, Christian, like... It's just interesting because it's like most hardcore Christianity would say not to dabble in things like the occult and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just a little confused, Bonnie. Yeah. About you. Yeah. Well, you know, she's (laughs) she is confusing, Um, mostly because she's making it the fuck up. (laughs) But anyway, uh. In 1972, in early 1972, uh, Bonnie had gone to see multiple fortune tellers who all told her that she was soon to meet a mysterious man (laughs) who was tall with light hair and a fair complexion. And that description actually described Applewhite's appearance somewhat closely. It also describes about 40% of the male population of the United States of America. See, what happened was all those fortune tellers went to the same convention. They got the same fortune cookie that said the same thing as like a, a giveaway prize, right? Like a door prize. Mm-hmm. And so when this crazy bitch came up, they were just referencing the same fucking fortune cookie. Possible. Totally possible. It's just vague enough that it fits almost everyone. <laughs> yes. You're going to meet someone. A man. A with man. A, with a dick. You're going to meet a man Ooh. with a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not that there aren't men who don't have dicks, and we respect you as well. This is true. So it's actually fairly uncertain where the meeting between Applewhite and Nettles actually occurred. Applewhite's own booklet that he wrote and published in... Yeah, he's one of those. Uh, <laughs> his own booklet that he wrote, which was called 88 Update, The UFO 2 and Their Crew. What the fuck? That sounds like... Really, really bad creepypasta. Oh, there's a lot of that. Be prepared. Um, So he described this meeting in his own words, and this is a direct quote from the book. Quote, Applewhite was visiting a hospitalized friend when Mrs. Nettles, who was working there as a nurse, entered the room and their eyes locked in a shared recognition of esoteric secrets. End quote. Esoteric secrets. I mean, it kind of, like, it a little bit makes your nipples hard. Like, just a little bit. I mean, it's fine, but it was very, like, again, here we go with this, like, Mrs. Nettles character that just doesn't seem real. Mrs. Nettles. Mrs. Nettles. I'm going to tell you who Mrs. Nettles is. She is a dominatrix. (laughs) She going to hurt you. Mrs. Nettles is going to chafe your ass. Something about, like, their eyes locked in a shared recognition of esoteric secrets. Like, that just 100%. Like, if he said that shit to me, nipples hard immediately. I'm in the cult. Like, now (laughs) I'm here with you. Us. You're a gay man. You're struggling with it. But I'm just like, you know. Um, uh Uh-huh. That look. (laughs) That's where I've been. (laughs) Sit tight. Um, So... Uh, that's the way that Applewhite described their meeting. However, Terry Nettles, Bonnie's daughter, and her son, Joe Nettles, remember their meeting being a whole lot less... Uh, Esoteric? Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, according to them, the two met at a drama school in a theater where <laughs> Applewhite was actually teaching one of Bonnie's sons. So you wouldn't say. Oh, so he was he was teaching one of her sons. Yeah, he was like working as drama. a teacher. Yeah, because he okay. did some acting stuff. So he was really big into you know at the University of um, the University of St. Thomas. He was teaching music. And he taught um, some drama classes. Like, he was a very artsy dude. Um, and apparently he was, like, Joe Nettles was in one of his classes or taking class at a school where he was also teaching drama. And, ah, like, they just okay. bumped into each other there. Okay. So I think that whole, like, eyes meeting and recognition of esoteric secrets thing was, like, maybe a little bit um, fluff. Fluff? Yeah. A little bit fluff. Maybe, maybe just a little bit. Just a little bit. Huh? Uh, hey there, Apple White. <laughs> But regardless of where they met, immediately after their meeting, Nettles did an astrological reading for Applewhite, from which she found an alignment between their stars. He then explained to her his ideas about heavenly connections, and he like thoroughly convinced Nettles of their truth. Um, the the story the story is a little bit. Um, skewed towards like just like that bit about like him like telling her about all of his ideas about heavenly connections and like convincing her that like that was true like because things are sort of written from his perspective there's I don't want to make any bones about it like the two of them were absolutely equals and they kind of like enabled each other it wasn't necessarily that he pulled her into his theology or that she pulled him into hers um they were equals and if anything, as we as we kind of see it go on, um, she sort of starts to be in the position of the 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 seer of the group, if you will. Um, so Bonnie Nettles convinces him that their meeting had been foretold by extraterrestrials, uh, and the two of them had a divine assignment of some sort. So the two became very close in a very short amount of time. They looked into subjects such as the life of St. Francis of Assisi, uh, and which is a very, that's a big like figure in uh, occult like history. Like we can kind of do a deep dive on that if you want to. Um, Cause that, that pops up in a lot of different occult mm, okay. theories. Um, I'm starting to get the vibe that like, these two people could have been us if we went horribly wrong. Oh, you mean uh, a gay man and a straight woman who are bonded together by inexplicable forces and also have a particular penchant for the occult? Yeah. Yeah. I, t I told you this is the cult I would join. Wow. The surprise is it's the cult you would join. <laughs> wow. So... The two of them become really, really close in a fairly short amount of time. Um, they're they're reading all kinds of Helena Blavatsky and Richard Bach, and they they keep they apparently they shared this King James Bible um, where they would study passages from the New Testament and really focus on teachings about like all kinds of fucking heavy ass like. Christology and shit like that. They they both were fanatical about this. Um, Applewhite also read a lot of science fiction, including works by Robert A. Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke, who were two of my favorite fucking sci-fi writers, by the way. Um, 
so it's interesting to see how they kind of, the two of them sort of fuse science fiction and this like Christian mysticism together um, in a way. And that really becomes the backbone of what will later become Heaven's Gate. Uh, so fueled by their passionate belief that they were on a path ordained by extraterrestrials that would change the fabric of reality itself, Applewhite and Nettles left Houston together on New Year's Day of 1973. Sorry, Joseph. Uh, to pursue what they viewed as their destiny. Can I just say that Heaven's Gate sounds like it would be the name of like a really bad 90s like computer animated like game or like early 2000s game like a fucking sega gamecube game or some bullshit to me it sounds like a really shitty like 90s like grunge band yeah i could see right like that like it it, i i don't know it hits the science like like, the "Mm." the science fiction part of it made me think like video game something weird i i don't know i'm i'm just there there are some interesting choices that we've made Um, oh yeah well, that's kind of the era of this, you know, not quite yet. So we're still in the 70s the now. The era but as we, of what? Well, the era, as we move into the 90s, there's actually some interesting connections between this cult and exactly what you're talking about, like technology, video games, internet type stuff. Um, cool. Yeah. So, um, but it's 1973 and they've just left uh, Houston together. Um, Bonnie left her three youngest children behind to remain with their father and her oldest, Terry, who was then 20 years old and skeptical of her mother's ideas, fended for herself. Mother of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Terry. No. Yeah. No. What was her name? Bonnie. 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 Damn. (laughs) Terry is just a fucking badass bitch trying to live. Yeah. She's like, Mom, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but I'm about to live my own. Also life called right now. her out about the drama school meeting. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so by June of 1974, Applewhite and Nettles' uh, beliefs had kind of solid, like solidified into a basic outline. Um, they again established Heaven's Gate together as equals. Um, they decided that Nettles was to be the sage, and Applewhite the speaker. Because again, you're, you know, Apple White was kind of, you know, Bonnie is like so into this like prophesying type stuff. And Apple White is so, um, he's such a good speaker, you know, he, he has the acting training, he has the drama training, and he was in like a couple productions. Like, I bet he could open up a legit. podcast. He probably fucking could better than we could. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we should take some inspiration from him. <laughs> Um, so Bonnie kind of takes this position as the brains and Applewhite kind of takes the position as the mouth. She claims to have communicated or she claimed to have communicated with aliens about the next level and told Applewhite to tell the followers. Um, the two of them concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies because they had been given higher level minds than other people. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. And that's something that we see in a lot of cults that um, that is qualifying as a delusion of grandeur. I, I would say so. So you're, you as the cult leader are 
prescribing or ascribing to a belief system in which you are set up to be the God figure. You're set up to be the Godhead. You are in some way superior to these other people and you have a duty to guide them. Right. Um, so they wrote a pamphlet because they fucking do that. That described the pamphlet described Jesus's reincarnation as a Texan. (laughs) A Texan. A that he would come back as a Texan. He'd come back as a Texan. God damn it. You know what? Boots I, and all. You know. <laughs> Spurs and all. Spurs and all. Yeah. Um, You know what? I, I'm not fully. I haven't fully left the cult yet. Yeah. 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 You know oh, what? No. It's He'll coming. He'll come back as a Texan. Oh, it's coming. You just okay. wait. Okay. All right. Just wait. Maybe. Still in. So, of course, that is a thinly veiled reference to Applewhite himself being from Texas, right? So that stuff starts immediately. And it's very important. Um, I, I wanted to call that out and put emphasis on that because that happens very early, you know, before they're even calling themselves Heavenscape, before they've even amassed a bunch of followers. They're already kind of making that connection between Marshall Applewhite and Jesus. Yeah. Um, so furthermore, uh, Applewhite and Nettles concluded that they were actually the two witnesses who were described in the book of Revelation and occasionally they would visit churches or other spiritual groups to kind of talk about, um, I guess their belief system or whatever kind of, I don't even know how you have that fucking conversation. Hey, I'm Jesus. (laughs) Just to let you know. Hey, I'm Jesus reincarnated as a Texan. Hi, how are you? (laughs) <laughs> but um, all of that is capitalized. Like, that's your full proper name. <laughs> hi, I'm Jesus, reincarnated as a Texan, and it's all there on my business card. Hi, how are you? Um, no, could you imagine, like, all right, so how do you even... Well, he, uh, he's a, a great speaker, supposedly, yeah. right? Yeah. So I could imagine it's pretty easy for him to sway a crowd. But for anybody else who doesn't, who, like, would not have that, like, capability... It would just be awkward, I would feel like, right? Yeah. Like, you're yeah. standing up there in church amongst a group of other Texas church-going people. hmm And I feel like if I were to try to do that, they would just look at me like I was... They would look at me with that bless your heart yeah. face. Yeah. So they would they would visit these churches um, and religious groups around the... You know, around everywhere. Um, around these parts? Around these parts. Um, and they would refer to themselves as the two or the UFO two, <laughs> right? So they would uh, call themselves that, right? I think we did a sound healing class two. with those people. Uh, <laughs> we did. I'm going to start calling us the two. The two. Um, so they would, and they would share their beliefs that they would be killed and then restored to life, and then in view of others, that they would be transported onto a spaceship. And this event, which they referred to as the demonstration, was supposed to prove their claims whenever it eventually happened. Now, I have to say that, like, if that shit happened when I was in church, I might still be there in church, like, because that (laughs) sounds cool as (laughs) fuck to me like if some crazy ass people came like to church and they were like talking about ufos and shit i would be like fuck yeah man i'm ready to ride that fucking ufo yeah like i mean that would i mean it's fun it's fun right i mean it's very 
deathly serious for them, right? Because they're all in and they've totally like bought in to this. So for them, it is reality. Maybe but they, like for me on the outside, I'm like, yeah, crazy person. Like, maybe it's cool. they just needed to go to like a good cosplay convention. I think that's what these people desperately needed. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what they were missing in Less their lives, Jesus, right? More cosplay. You know? More cosplay and, and fan fiction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And you know, it's okay to be gay. That too. You know? Yeah. It's just, you know? it's okay. Because we're, we're going to circle back around to that. Um, As one should. To their dismay, however, uh, these ideas were poorly received by existing <laughs> wow. religious communities. Wow. I guess he wasn't that great of a speaker. So it's around this time that they start to seek out like-minded followers. They publish advertisements for meetings where they would recruit disciples, as they called them, um, and they would refer to this group of people as the crew. You know, funny enough, that's how we got our Murder Mod Squad. That's true. That's very true. On our Facebook page, I believe. Yep. But we call them a squad, not a crew, so it's okay. Yeah, that, it's that's great. Um, totally this fine. sounds. How, don't worry about it. Do you just put an ad in Craigslist? I don't understand. I don't like, know. Um, it looking... was the 70s. I think you kind of publish in. Well, I do know that they actually would publish in a lot of science fiction publications. Oh, like they would. Okay. So there would be like science fiction, um, like magazines and kind of like newsletters that would and zines that would circulate. Mm. And so Heaven's Gate had um, quite a few advertisements and publications like that, but also in like newspapers. And it was the 70s, so people were kind of into that like new agey stuff, like mind-expanding, space-is-cool type thing. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, that was when we – didn't we come into the age of Aquarius at that point? I believe so. so, Or had – started and that's when you get this whole like rep you know like the whole like mind-blown fucking otherworldly experience that like aquarius is always associated with Makes got sense. it my uh, my only experience with age of aquarius is the musical hair so uh sure okay cool <laughs> so they're holding these uh these events um these meetings to recruit crew members. Um, And at these events, they talk to people about how they represent beings from another planet, from the next level, that's capital N, capital L, uh, who were seeking participants for an experiment. And they told the crew that the people who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. And the concept of the higher evolutionary level is a huge, um, it's a huge thing for Applewhite, for his whole philosophy. That's something that carries through all the way to the end with him. Um, He's always talking about how humans can evolve to be better than humans, how we can reach the next stage in our development, and we do that by separating ourselves from things that make us human. That's a major concept for him. Um, so later in 1975, um, these disciples that, uh, Nettles and Applewhite are able to gather assembled at a hotel in Waldport, Oregon. And after they sold all of their worldly possessions and said farewell to their loved ones, the group vanished from the hotel and from the public eye entirely. 
That night on the CBS Evening News, Walter Cronkite reported that the group had disappeared in one of the very first national reports on the developing religious group. Quote, a score of persons have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply been taken. End quote. How mm, fucking creepy is that? That is fucking no. That's right? That's full of nope. Nope. Right? So or simply been taken. Been taken. Liam Neeson's face just flashes on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Been taken. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I'm keeping that. You should edit that out of the episode. I'm keeping that as my drag king name. <laughs> uh, so, in reality, of course, Apple White and Nettles had just arranged for the group to go underground. From that point, um, things kind of kick into higher gear, right? They've got their followers, their disciples. Um, they're continuing to preach and kind of hold these meetings, but they're not being out in the open about it the group is kind of underground and when that happens um it it becomes even more radical right which is a challenge because we started at fucking ufos yeah and spaceships and aliens right Mm -hmm. so we started there and literally putting yourself like a fanfic in the book of revelations of the bible but we're gonna get more radical from that um is that possible Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> In okay. this story, yes. Okay. Um, so Applewhite and Nettles start calling themselves Doe and T. What the fuck? And they have a couple different names that they go by. Doe and T are the two biggest ones. They also went by Bo and uh, Peep are... at a certain point. Yeah, like Lil Bo. Wait, Peep. are you serious? Yeah, it was a thing. This I don't is... know why that happened. This isn't a podcast joke? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. I'm not kidding you. Bo and Tweedle Peep? Tweedledee and Tweedledum would be a joke. but Bo and Peep? Yes, yes. That was a thing. Oh, wow. And then Doe and T. And you guys thought Witch Mother and Midnight Werewolf was mad. Come on. (laughs) 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 Another very uncomfortable similarity. Anyway, at least our nicknames are better. Um, True. So they call themselves Doe and T. um, And they speak in third person a lot of the time. Um, And at this point, their crew is about 100 members. And they lead this crew all across the country. They sleep in tents and sleeping bags, and they beg in the streets for money. Um, and they're constantly sort of evading detect- detection by the authorities um, and hiding from the media. Um, but at the same time, it becomes kind of like this cool, like counterculture sort of thing. Um, because the media is still kind of enabling the group to focus on like this doctrine of counterculture to what is happening in America. Cause right. We're in the, we're in the mid seventies. So in some ways the sexual revolution and kind of what we saw in the sixties and um, like kind of the opening up of society in some ways that's starting to crack down, right? We're headed for the eighties where it's all, you know, big business and making money. Oh yeah. And working nine to five. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so as that sort of thing is progressing on, you know, Doe and T are preaching this like super wackadoo, like spaceship prophecy. Um, and, 
they're talking about how they, you know, they're talking to their members about how they can achieve a higher evolutionary level that's above human. Um, and of course, Doe and T claim to have already reached that level. Um, so shortly thereafter, um, an unfortunate, you know, an unfortunate, uh, I guess, development in this story. Um, Bonnie, well, it depends on how you look at it. Bonnie contracts cancer Mm. um, or is diagnosed with cancer. Uh, And she's sick for a little bit. um, And she eventually passes away in 1985. There's not a whole lot of details on her whole cancer battle. Um, You probably try to play down cancer if you're pretending to have reached a higher evolutionary level Mm, yeah maybe but the way that apple white kind of spun that when when bonnie passes away in 1985 um he sort of well first of all he 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 tells the story of her passing as her being called home right to this other plane right which is the plane that they're trying to reach so she's called home to the world beyond this world i I would say we have copped out (laughs) honestly because no that's not how it works you say that's like what you say in every southern funeral you know what i mean yeah i mean she was called home and in a way they are from texas right so i'm sure that that actually does play a role here oh you know, definitely when, totally you know southern people say oh well she went on home to jesus she went home you know to jesus. there is yeah. some level of that at play but instead of saying she went on home to jesus what he's saying is she went before us to prepare a place right which is also from scripture that yeah. my father went before us to prepare a place, a room with many, a mansion with many rooms, and is sort of preparing a place for me, sort of that that mythology, right? Those were Jesus' words. He didn't fucking stutter as much as me. I was going to say, were those his exact words? He was a words? bit more confident. Was that verbatim? No, I'm a little rusty on my scripture, honey. <laughs> um, but so he sort of, Applewhite is positioning it, or Doe, if you will, is positioning it in this way that she, you know, she it wasn't that she had cancer and she got sick and died. She has been called back so that she can prepare our place she in was this needed. next world. Yes. Um and at that point, you know, that it sounds like you need therapy at that point, right? Cuz I'm I'm seeing denial a well, little bit. I think bit. we needed therapy like way before. Well, yes, definitely. Like in childhood. But this is giving me like you are in denial that this is like your partner or whatever has died. So now you have to have an excuse because you don't want to face the fact you don't want to face your own mortality. Essentially. I mean, or I mean, because I imagine that this person now he and Bonnie were never, ever sexual. Not that anybody. Well, I'm not knows saying that, about. but I mean, right? But they were they, partners, they were right? A, a so this is the person yeah. in his life that he has. This is a person in his life that's been there for a long time that he's been through, obviously, a lot with, and he kind of they they weren't sexually linked, but they were like they were a unit in some way. They were like soul linked and so there's a pain that kind of comes with losing that person and I think 
you know, he had to, and what they had been doing all along, right, is making up their own mythos, their own mythology. So now he's kind of making it up without her so that he can function now that she has kind of gone on to the next plane or what have you. This episode's really going to fuck either one of us up. If we die, <laughs> and I'm trying to do the podcast by myself, or yeah, you are, yeah, true. either one. True. Shit. Um, hopefully we don't take it where it's about to go. <laughs> uh, so Stay tuned. Along with that sort of transition where he's saying, you know, T has gone ahead of us so that she can prepare a place for us on the next plane, um, the whole doctrine of, of the group kind of has a it kind of has like a I don't want to use the word evolution again because I feel like we talk about I'm I, I'm talking about evolution a lot in this subject but it kind of changes it shifts there's a there's a big shift after Bonnie dies um, and it shifts towards cyber culture because it's 1985 right um, we're getting more technology the world is moving at a faster pace than it was in 1975 when they you know, first started pulling the group together. Um, And they kind of really lean into, science fiction was always his thing. And so they kind of, without Bonnie, lean into that even further. Um, And not not to say that they weren't really into it in the 70s, but like as that kind of um, becomes popular in the pop culture of the time, it's also popular in this counterculture. And this is... um, This is in, like, by the mid-90s, about 10 years later, um, the group had become very reclusive, and they identified themselves using the business name Higher Source. And they had a mansion, basically, in California, and the rent on that motherfucker was $7,000 a month. You know how they paid it? How? Web design. What the these motherfuckers were coders in the early days of the internet so they were literally doing web design and like that sort of thing building out the internet to fund living in this mansion and being probably throwing them fucking buckets of money hell yeah yeah absolutely at the boom of the fucking internet like that's they were being thrown shit ton of fucking money honey Absolutely. At least 7000 a month. More than that. Yeah. Damn. So, and they would, they would reach out, you know, with, um, I guess, new technology, there becomes new ways to recruit. So Heaven's Gate is one of, um, being one of the more recent cults, they actually had a website to recruit new members, new followers, were- and it's actually still up. Today. I thought, well, first, I thought you were going to say that they were going to, like, uh, instant message people. Oh. Like, through AIM or I something. Mean, probably. I mean, I think I think AIM was right after them. Oh. Okay. Um, well, whatever. I think. But they did have a website, and it's, the website is still up today. And I have to say, for it having been built in the 90s, it's pretty fucking cool. Um, so How is want- it still active? I guess we'll get into that. Yeah, I mean they they yeah, we we can get into it. They left people behind to keep the fucking website up, man. It was the thing. There's just like one person who's just 
yeah. managing yes. the, the website. Yes. Like so, Wally or something. So around about 1995, right? Bonnie passed away 1985. Around about 1995, Applewhite is starting to get really, um, really antsy because – you know, he's been talking about how, you know, Bonnie has gone ahead of, or T has gone ahead of them to prepare a place for them. And they're going to, you know, achieve this next evolutionary level of being. And they're going to, you know, leave this planet. And he, he starts, um, he starts, I guess, getting super antsy because this whole time, you know, once Bonnie's gone, they, the group really buckles down. They had been hard on like health and fitness type stuff from the beginning, but once Bonnie passed, they really buckled down. They didn't eat any, like they ate very few calories. They like watched what they ate very, very closely. Um, they didn't do, they didn't drink, they didn't smoke. They were celibate. Um, this and, is where I'm out. Yeah. Well, that ties into Apple White's, you know, he's got this relationship with Bonnie where they're, they're like totally not sexual with each other. Cause again, he's a gay man. Um, and I don't know what Bonnie's part of that was. I don't know if she had any of the feels, but he definitely did not have that for her. He loved her to death in every other way. Um, but that element was not there and he really struggled. So that sort of manifested itself in the group in their strict celibacy rules where, you know, that was not something that was permitted. That was considered human. Yeah. And so that behavior had to be purged. It got more severe after Bonnie's passing in 1985 and then 1995 rolls around. It's 10 years later and he's thinking like, okay, like nobody's evolved yet. So how am I going to wrap <laughs> this shit up? I reached my higher state of being. Yeah. So he's starting to feel a little antsy and he's like, how am I going to wrap this shit up? Like what? How's it going right. uh, um, He's like, I'm done. Uh, Da, 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 da. Like, yeah. Um, and then news coverage of the upcoming comet Haley Bob started being broadcast Haley to people. So when that sort of when that happened, he saw that and he was like, "Got it." It was like a light bulb lit up over his head. Um, it was like clip art. <laughs> and he's like, I know. It was what the it- moving word art that's like 3D and it's just moving from side to side. Yeah. He's like, I got it. So at that point, he latches on to the comet Haley Bop and he starts developing, starts talking about this prophecy um this that's that's kind of similar to what he was talking about before but it's it's sort of more extreme it's kind of the final leg of radical for this group um the alien stuff ramps up a ton um he positions himself he's always kind of sort of been thinly veil like making thinly veiled statements that he's jesus he comes right on and says that he's jesus he says you know jesus came to the earth way back when and walked the earth then and talked to you then and now i'm here i'm back like i'm jesus (laughs) and i'm talking to you now i'm a texan i'm jesus yeah i mean it's just very blatant at this point and he talks about his father Right. He, he is saying that he's Jesus and his father is something above human. 
something beyond human from that next evolutionary step beyond human, the next level. Um, talking about, of course, God in the Christian philosophy, right? But talking about God as an alien, right? So God is an alien. But his father was in business. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that was Bonnie's ex-husband. Oh. <laughs> his father was a minister, oh, actually, his father, which is probably well, why okay. he got where Maybe. he got some of his talents. Maybe. Um, and also his shame from being gay. Um, but he's talking about God as as his father, as an alien, and also he finally makes that final step and says, "And T, who used to be here with me, has gone to prepare a place, and she's God." So he connects the concept, he connects, you know, Bonnie as a person as being inhabited by this alien god who found him and kind of built the group with him and then was called away to prepare a place. And that's where we are. Hmm. Um, kind of hard to follow. Well, so the thing is that I'm not wholly against the concept of God being an alien. Yeah, we totally could have been created by aliens. I mean, I, I mean, I'm like, okay, um, all right, I can, you know, sounds like a good Netflix show. I'm into it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I all right, yes, continue. But now he's, you know, so now he's saying that Bonnie is was God, right, and he is. Jesus. Bonnie is God alien Jesus. Bonnie's God thing. alien. He is Jesus alien adjacent. Yeah, that. And he starts talking about this philosophy that the earth is going to be recycled. Now, Heaven's Gate is. Oh, that's nice. Heaven's Gate fits into um, a larger group of cults or religious. Um, systems or um, social or political groups called uh, millenarians. And millenarianism uh, comes from the Latin word uh, millenarius, meaning containing a thousand. Um, And it's the belief that um, a coming fundamental transformation of society will occur eventually, after which all things will be changed or destroyed or evolved or what what have you. So it's this mentality that a lot of cults actually have where there's a specific date. Like you remember the doomsday cult where there was like a specific date that the world was going to end and it was that day. Yeah, totally. 2012. Yeah. Kind of sort of like that. I guess you could kind of look at the Mayan prophecy of, but I think, actually, I think the Mayan prophecy was just about, like, a deep change. Like, it was kind of like how the tower card is not, like, was it the worst thing. It's um, just change. There was something that I had read about. It might have been, someone might have shared it in our Facebook group about the the idea that some people have that the world actually did end in 2012. It was. Someone shared it, and it had to, it actually connected with the Mandela effect. It. it was a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. thread. We talked of about like, that on the on the um, Mandela Effect episode because we talked about there was a specific um, window of hours that the Hadron Collider shut down, and there wasn't really a reason cited for that. Oh, okay. And CERN yeah, never really that. said why. 
And that's some people are pointing at that as like the world actually did end and now we're in like an alternate reality and alternate reality bullshit is dragging everybody down. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. Uh, we're not we're talking not. about that. We're not talking about that this week. We're not going back there. We're not going back I just got to chill. We're not going back. I'm not going back. Um, Katie, I'm not They're going to stop us if we keep talking about that shit. So they. Um, so We're targeted now. So at this point, Applewhite, you know, he really ramps things up. He's talking about this theory. And they didn't necessarily believe that the Earth was going to be destroyed. And he did stress this point. He stressed, like a good hippie, that it was going to be recycled. Right? So, it's going to be composted. So his theory is that, you know, living things have cycles. And, you know, we have the seasons. And we have cycles. Life, death, all that sort of thing. And the Earth is ending its current phase in its current cycle and it's going to be recycled and the only way to escape being destroyed being recycled is to get off earth and go to the next level right which at that point like jumping ship yes yeah to go to the next level with t right which is for all intents and purposes the next level is heaven hence the name heaven's gate that's when we kind of start um I mean, I think the name was changed earlier on, but that's kind of the mythos behind the name, if you will. Yeah. Um, so you might ask, this is when things get really crazy. Um, Apple White and nine other members went to Mexico and got castrated. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Remember when I said there was a specific point when I would be done? Uh-huh. That's it. Uh-huh. When we start chopping balls off, uh-huh. I'm out. I don't even have balls for you to chop off, but I'm sure you could find something to chop, and no. it wouldn't be good. No. Yes. No. So that's what I mean when I'm telling you that, like, this man's sexuality is the thorn in his side that drove him to a lot of this. Um, the fact that he could not connect with... Um, he felt... The fact that he was, you know, if if he was dismissed from his university position for having an affair with a male student, the fact that every time he expressed his sexuality, there was a punitive response. The fact that he could not connect with Bonnie sexually because he was a gay man. Um, the fact that, you know, that internal struggle sort of culminates in the whole castration thing. And he sold it to the group members as, you know, we're... And I think himself, I think he sold it to himself as well, that we're transitioning to the next level. We're separating ourselves from being human. So we already don't smoke. We don't drink. We eat very basic things um, and don't eat for pleasure. And we're totally celibate. So this is the next step in our evolution is to remove this unclean part of ourselves. Okay, but here's the thing. I'm fairly certain. And I'm not a medical expert. (laughs) But you can still get a hard on. Even without balls? I'm fairly certain. I don't think that has anything. I, I could be I wrong. Don't know. But I don't think. I feel like the balls are really central. I don't think so. To the they whole just supply, they supply the sperm, but I don't think they have anything to do. Your erection is your mind it? and blood vessels. Like, yeah. it has nothing to do with your balls. But isn't the sperm that like sends a little message to the brain that's like hey 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 you better light up and then the brain is like send the blood and then the blood but i don't think because otherwise like i don't i don't 
I think he can. I, think I know he, can he still was get an fucking erection. mad about that, though. If <laughs> he did get an erection, I'm fairly Ooh, certain. The maddest little erect boy in the class. Anyway. I'm actually going to research that right now on my you phone. You should. You should. It'll I'm be right. the only thing I researched this week. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So the castration happens at that point, um, and you might be asking with this new level of philosophy of the group with this amping up that the earth is going to be recycled and the only way to escape it is to get off the earth how do we get off the earth right it's a fair question i mean do you have a we're going on a trip and our favorite rocket ship (laughs) zooming through the sky that little einstein's yeah, that but darker. A lot darker. Um, so the way that Apple White proposed that they, uh, or prophesied basically, that they get off planet Earth is to, he said that behind the comet Hale-Bopp, Hale-Bopp. there is a spaceship. And on the spaceship is T, their lost sort of matriarch, Bonnie, right? She's on this spaceship, and the way that they get to her is they have to leave their human forms, and then they will be unencumbered to float up to the spaceship and be taken by her to the next level, to the next world. Um, That, of course, meant suicide. Interestingly, Mm -hmm. Heaven's Gate... uh, and their website, which is I mentioned, is still up and running. You can see that they defined suicide um, as they they actually argue very strongly against suicide, but they defined suicide as staying alive on planet Earth, which is kind of the exact opposite. Well, um, so I feel like the BGs would argue that. <laughs> So, um, so they, they, they actually were pretty ardently against suicide, but of course they view suicide as staying alive. And so they hatched this plan. Um, so in 1997, early 1997, when, uh, you know, the timing of the comet, the comet is supposed to make its appearance. And I actually remember in 1997 being excited. I remember hearing about this comet coming. I remember that it only comes every like once every, is it like 20 years or a hundred years or something crazy like that? Um, I forget how often it comes, but I remember talking to my mom about it and being like excited to like sit up and like watch for it. When you were four? In 1997. I was six. Five? I was six. Oh, yeah. I was six. <laughs> but I, I remember talking to her about it and being like, oh, my gosh, I have to watch the comet. Like, it's it's going to be, like, my last chance before, like, I'm super old and an adult and shit. And, like, I remember having those conversations with her. And it's so trippy to me that – because a lot of this stuff is not in my lifetime. A lot of the cult stuff that we study and talk about. yeah. But this, like, I remember what I was doing. And it's so trippy to me that, like, when I, as a little six-year-old, was sitting there talking to my mom, like, there was a group that was preparing for a mass suicide. I remember nothing. And I was eight. 
Well, I totally remember. Because space has always fascinated me, right? Um, that's why this shit fascinates me so much. Because I absolutely would have been fucking totally Maybe it's just because I was... Susceptible. Yeah, that was the year my sister was born. So I probably just blocked out that entire probably. fucking year. Probably. You were just mad. I was just mad the whole year. So, uh... That's kind of how the stage is set as we head into, um, as we head into, um, March 19th of 1997. Um, prior to, uh, the ritual suicides, um, Marshall Applewhite taped himself in a video called Doe's Final Exit. You can watch it on YouTube. I do recommend watching it. It's very interesting. Um, and he gives this talk, talking about the comet, talking about um, the closure to Heaven's Gate, and laying out his whole theory. Um, and then there are a series of final tapes, or goodbye tape interviews, where every single member who was present um, of the 39 um, they basically kind of give like an exit interview and everybody's really chill except for one girl who just cries the whole fucking time. And that, that is heart wrenching. Um, that's also on YouTube, but be careful, be good to yourself and maybe don't watch it. I'm watching that immediately. That. I'm just speaking to people who are more sensitive than us. Cause we just have no souls at this point. True. Um, so after everybody kind of does their goodbye tapes, they they actually had a last meal. They went out to like a diner and they had <laughs> an Applebee's. They had so they they ate like they ate basically like a starvation diet kind of. Um only enough to just keep themselves alive, right? Cuz eating was not supposed to be pleasure. Nothing was supposed to be pleasurable oh. cuz it was human. Were they fasting? So their final yeah, fuck. Um, their final meal was like chicken pot pie and chocolate cake. Um, okay. And they we all did a whole had episode on final meals. Now, let yes. me tell you, not my choice. Yeah. Choc- uh, pot pie. They went out to a diner. They got a table, like, I guess two tables. They all ordered the exact same thing. And then they just kind of sat and laughed and ate. And like, that was their final meal. And I'm like, that's so sad. Do you imagine the waitress? <laughs> waitress was probably like, oh, uh, fuck. These I hope they tipped her well. Yeah, yeah. They probably fucking, I don't know. Maybe they did. They didn't. Uh, so after that, you know, they go back. Um, the tapes are finished. And the method, I guess, of suicide that they chose, um, they ingested phenobarbital. In applesauce oh, or, had that. or pudding and washed it down with vodka. Yeah. And they did it in waves. Um, 15 people were part of the first wave. Um, 15 people were part of the second wave. And nine people died in the last wave. And the last two, as people died, they would cover them in purple shrouds. And the last two that died, there was course nobody to cover them in shrouds so um they actually suffocated themselves to death um huh. they all wore you know 
at that point, um, the it was actually 21 men, women and 18 men. But when the media caught wind of it, they actually thought it was all men because everybody had the shaved. They, they had a certain look. They'd all shaved their heads. Um, they all wore black T-shirts and black sweatpants. And they um, all had, you know, the black decades Nikes that you refer to. And the reason that they had those, it wasn't like a statement. It, they were just on sale. <laughs> they were just on sale. They were cheap. We got them on the cheap. Yeah. Um, and the smartest guy of this whole fucking bunch, his name is Rob D'Angelo. Um, he was... <laughs> D'Angelo basically was like, hey, uh, Doe, Marshall, whatever you want to be fucking called. Um, Jesus. He was a follower, but he was like, uh... Somebody should, you know, stay stay behind and uh, tell the story, right? Because, like, <laughs> if we all die, then nobody can, like, tell everybody, like, what like why we, we died. So somebody should just maybe, like, stay alive so that they can uh, <laughs> tell the story, write a book, publicize it. And they were like, oh, what a great idea. Like, oh, yeah, how selfless of you to, you know, sacrifice yourself and pass the story. And he's like, fuck, yeah, I get to live. Yeah, yeah it's, um, yeah. Um, it's so a tough he, choice, but it's it's my weight to bear. Yes. So um, D'Angelo uh, received the videotapes. Um, they mailed the videotapes before they um, killed themselves. They mailed the videotapes to him. Um, so that he could watch them and circulate them through the media. It also contained a letter. Um, and um, in the letter, one of the lines was, um, we have exited our vehicles just as we entered them. Um, and one of the things that made Heaven's Gate so, it, it was so sad, but one of the things that made it so interesting was just how fucking weird it was. Um Every single person who died, because of course you have to remember that when the media is discovering this, they haven't heard the story that I just spent an hour telling you, right? They haven't heard the lead in. They haven't heard any of the theology. They haven't heard any of the belief system that's kind of in place. They just see 39 dead men, right? Who turn out to be women with shaved heads, um, some of them. But they each have suitcases, right? And in the suitcases are like their license, couple $5 bills. They're like packed, like they're going on a trip. And each one of them has this suitcase for this trip. Do you really need your driver's license? I don't know. Where like, going? where was that going to... Do you... Is, like, is the state a... jurisdiction going to hold in the next level world? I'm not really sure. I mean, sure. is there a DMV in space? Because if there is, or a DMV in heaven, because if there is, then um, I'm sorry, but you're headed to hell. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, D'Angelo receives the package. Um, I think he received the... The suicides took place between March 19th and March 20th. Um D'Angelo received the package on with the videotapes and the letter on March 25th. 
And um, he is actually the person who called the San Diego County Sheriff's Department um, and gave them an anonymous tip regarding mass suicide um, and then gave them the address. So that's kind of how they discovered um, these people. And it kind of, the story blew up in the media and it became kind of a, um, it, it became kind of a, I guess one of those like touchstone moments in pop culture. Like people reference Heaven's Gate all the fucking time. Um, and it was such a huge like moment because I don't think, I think that everybody kind of thought that we were out of that era of like cults. Like the 60s were crazy, the 70s were crazy, like people were nuts. And then, you know, it's 97, like we're headed towards a new millennia and we have this fucking mass suicide and it's like, what the hell? Like, I feel like people always forget that Heaven's Gate happened so late in the game. Like 97. That's like in our lifetimes. Yeah. Again, I remember what I was fucking doing when the comet was coming and it's crazy to me so that's why this one is like this one just hits me different because it's like wow this was in our lifetime (laughs) shit yeah that's true that's very true um and it also is one where truly you know if we look at jim jones a lot of the people there were, you know, it's been proven they, they didn't kill themselves. They were shot or forced to drink poison or forced, you know, it wasn't like everybody just took it and laid down peacefully. But this truly was, none of these people were forced. For, you know, as much as everybody knows. Now, obviously, they were all fucking brainwashed, 100%. But, like... They weren't physically forced to drink the poison. They weren't physically killed. There's no sign of a struggle. It just seems to be that they were all that convicted. And that is something that, like, really is different to me. And then you have those two people who are left, and all these people are dead, and they are still committed to it. They called themselves the away team, um, which is a phrase that they actually borrowed from Star Trek. And... Sadly enough, um, the actress who plays Lieutenant Uhura on the original Star Trek um, series, her brother was among those who died. Oh, wow. As part of the away team. Interesting. Yeah. Very sad. Um, So that's Heaven's Gate. Wow. So I did read, because you said that the page, their website was still up. Yeah. So um, I think from what I read that you can actually still contact yeah. them and like solicit information yeah. and they will respond to you yeah, and don't give do you information. That. Don't do that, anybody. <laughs> but if you do... Let us know what they say. Uh, Send it to the Haunted Heart Podcast at gmail.com. I will not be responsible for this. Don't none of you babies ever do that. Don't do that. Um, but well, if apparently you do, they get requests. Da- they get requests daily. And they said that some people email them um, and just say stupid shit. Some people are genuinely concerned about like the information, like 
and you know they provide them with whatever information that they have whatever that is i don't fucking know i will say that their website of neon text on a dark space themed background like really takes me back to the angel fire days like it it just really kind of yeah it takes me back it makes me nostalgic um there is oh what was my favorite section there's a section that's like uh Oh, how a mem- how a member of the kingdom of heaven might appear, and you click on it, and it's like the most like stereotypical fucking caricature of an alien that I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. It's kind of worth it to go and click on that link, but um, don't contact them. Um, but yeah, that's Heaven's Gate. Well, that was a ride. It was on a on a magical spaceship. I don't know that I would use the word magical. Fictional? Um, fictional, <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps fictional. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. Sad thing, you can't buy those Nikes anymore, though. Did did Nike discontinue They them? did. They really did? They discontinued Shit. after that. They discontinued that line of Nike. Wow. After that. Someone on their PR team was like, uh damage control damn you know they was on sale the next week (laughs) got to to get rid of them (laughs) you just come back got to go clearance (laughs) must move they're actually free we'll pay you to take them if you (laughs) if you can just go ahead and get them out must move all inventory must go so it's interesting um this this Cult is a lot different than some you know, of the other, you know, some of the standard ones that I mentioned. But um, it'll be interesting as we go to kind of like look at the similarities and talk about, you know, this one versus that one. And Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I think next go around, I should present the cult to you, though. Sure. If I can go for it. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. I'm not going to talk for like a fucking week now. Wow. <laughs> so, so let us know what you guys would like us to let us know what cults you guys would like us to cover. I know we have quite a few people out there who are big cult junkies. So shoot us an email at the haunted at gmail.com um, to, you know what the fucking email is. I say it every episode. Um, let us know what cults that you would like us to cover next, and we will gladly add that to our cults classics list. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at the Haunted Heart Podcast. You can find us on Facebook by searching the Haunted Heart Podcast. Please like our page and join our private Facebook group. The Facebook group is super fun. We talk about the episodes. We talk about other all manner of true crime news, all manner of paranormal, occult horror news um and we'd share a shitload of fucking fun memes too. many a meme many a meme. <laughs> many a meme uh we also have our own cult on patreon called the cannibal cult that they can check out as well we have many different tiers on there uh with many different benefits it's true yeah we're kicking out the fucking bonus episode on patreon y'all we done got her fired up we done got her started yeah um there's we're a bonus- reaching that next level oh my god there's a bonus full-length episode um of the show uh every month for patreon uh folks cannibal cult members and up 
Um, and then there's a bunch of extra bonus material. There's me reading scary stories. There's Kenny reading scary stories. There's me reading horror-inspired smut, which is a lot funnier than you probably think. Or maybe exactly as I'm funny pretty as sure that it's exactly what they think. Yeah. Um, along with just whatever extra fucking bonus shit we want to drop. This month, I think we dropped um, just recently. We dropped some bloopers on there. Yeah. Well, we, we did this amazing episode with a doctor, like a doctorate in monsterology. Um, and she hosts a PBS show called Monstrum, and we recorded the interview. We were so excited to share it with you guys. And then we had some audio issues um, that caused it to be a little fucked up, so we didn't want to drop it on the feed because the audio was kind of kind of fucked up. Fair warning. Um, but we dropped the whole thing on Patreon for our supporters there because we really appreciate you guys uh, helping us out with the show, and we couldn't do it without you. So get on over to patreon.com um, slash thehauntedheart so that you can join the party and get all that extra good good yeah in your ears every fucking week and with that said i'm gonna shut the fuck up now please i've been talking too much please (laughs) and you guys know what you have to do in the meantime you have got to stay